Hey everybody, welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And this is episode number 200. Aaron, we made it. We can retire. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this job pays well, doesn't it? It's, it's, uh, it, no, it doesn't. But you know, it's funny because I can look back at some of the, the, the previous uh, seasons and we hit, you know, 100, obviously 100 episodes ago. And uh, quick math for you right there. Wow. Uh, yeah, not bad, not bad. So, um, you know, we did like a little bit of a look back. There's the confetti. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, and, you know, I get to kind of look back and see all of the, uh, the the fun episodes that we've been able to do, not just uh, because it was fun for us, but because uh, we got to share it with you guys, um, the, the, the fans, the people on the podcast, the people watching live on YouTube, the people watching the recorded shows, um, everybody who's helped out with the Super Chat and supporting the show, anybody who's bought merch and whatnot. Um, for us to get to 200 episodes, for me, uh, just such a big milestone. And really just want to say thank you to you guys uh, for doing such a, an awesome job of supporting us. Uh, we have a really good uh, community, I think, of returning characters, if you will. And some of you are characters, <laughs> and you know it. Absolutely. Uh, but then again, also, uh, a big, big thank you uh, to the man behind the scenes, Super Producer Jason. Absolutely killing it every single time we come on this show, whether it was live, recorded, or whatever the case was and uh really kind of sparking all of this with the new uh, set and all you know the lighting and everything else stuff that we just couldn't do i absolutely blame him for having us be on yes. video and not <laughs> podcast form when we first came to jason we we're like hey paul and i want to do a podcast we know nothing about how to do all the back work we just know how to talk so <laughs> can you set up some microphones for us and he goes no 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 we're not we're not doing just just audio we're gonna do video that's the future it's gonna be a web series and we're gonna have a set and we're like uh okay i i guess we could do that yeah and uh yeah those first four episodes were brutal before we had our real microphones also uh just a lot of a lot of little the, things the crotch but, shots yeah i was gonna say it, yeah. But okay, yeah yeah just put it out there buddy it's okay it's yeah people people always ask like they like to talk and ask about getting their own podcast going and everything and yeah like, what do you have to do and it's like well don't do a crotch cam that's probably number one and yeah. uh, number two would be uh, be consistent and keep doing more and more. So, yeah, that's absolutely I don't know, I don't yeah. know what other tips you have for people who want to start their own podcast. Honestly, just just start it. Just keep just get going. You don't need to have a super producer Jason behind the scenes. Obviously, it helps a lot. OK, if you want to look like you know what you're talking about, uh, get you a producer, producer, uh, especially if it's an older brother who does it for free. Uh, but um, and no, if, if you're kind of into it and you want to get going on it, honestly, just start. It doesn't have to be perfect. Obviously, take a look at our first couple of episodes. It was not perfect. Uh, but uh, not that we're perfect right now, but certainly <laughs> we are approaching perfection uh, one episode at a time. And again, 200 huge milestone. And we want to say thank you to you guys, because without you watching, there's really no point in having any of this. So, again, thank you guys so much. Where can they find us? Where can they find us, Aaron? I believe they can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, X, if you've uh, converted, or Twitter, if you're, you're steadfast in your ways, which Aaron is. That's Absolutely. totally fine. Uh, they can also find us on, of course, YouTube or on uh, <laughs> Spotify or any place where there's uh, a podcast, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, Spotify. And then anywhere you listen to a podcast, we... We redo these shows in podcast form you if you don't want to watch and you just want to listen, which is totally cool. Which is too. rude. No, it's not totally Whatever. cool. It's yeah. rude. People need Look to at this face. you got to tune in. Come they on, like people. us in the background so they can tune us out and then just <laughs> listen to the fun stuff. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, you can also go to thefinfactor.com and uh, check out any of the merch. As I said, you can support the show by purchasing one of these uh, fantastic caps and uh, other such things like sweatshirts and 
Water bottles, I keep forgetting that one. Um, and stickers and all kinds of other things, shirts and whatnot. So uh, please, yeah. if you'd like to support the show, feel free to go ahead and do that. What's up? I'm looking for our toaster. The toaster? <laughs> uh, we don't sell toasters, but we do sell the, t- the stickers to make it's them. It's in the portal somewhere. It's somewhere. amazing, in, yeah. In this junk pile. It, it, there is. There's, it's like one of those <laughs> things where you pull out like the big, long pencil yeah. out of a little bag the, or something. The whole reason we did a desk this season <laughs> is to hide all the stuff that we have in the back because it's just an enormous amount, mound of stuff. I Let's feel see. bad for the people on podcasts right now because there's nothing to like. Anyway, we'll go ahead and start talking about sharks for you folks here. Okay, so let's go ahead and do that. You know, uh, it's been a very long time since I've been on the show, and it's been uh, even longer since we've done a show. Yeah. Um, I think we had just some time off or not whatnot with the All-Star break, mm-hmm. uh, so there really wasn't much to talk about. And again, really good reason to subscribe to this show because we're only going to go on when there's actually something to talk about. We don't kind of just <laughs> fill you up with a bunch of junk. Uh, so uh, a really good idea there. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and, of course, smash that bell so that you know when we are going live and we can have a nice conversation. Um, But uh, I wanted to kind of go back a little bit, uh, actually a lot, to the Seattle game, which I don't even remember when this was necessarily. But the reason (laughs) I want to talk about this game, and we're not going to go through every single one of them, but the reason I want to talk about this game in particular is because it's kind of like a microcosm of the entire uh, season so far, all the little things that were happening. But before we get to that, I want to say, uh, Super <laughs> Producer say, Jason just put up Peter St. John, uh, 20 bucks in the Super Chat here. Congratulations, SPJ, Paul, and Aaron on 200 episodes. How are you feeling, Paul? Oh, thanks so much, buddy. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better now. For those of you who didn't know, uh, I did have uh, COVID uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, it felt like every single joint that I had in my body was on fire. <laughs> it's just not being old. No, no, it was not just being old. That, see, that's rude. That's just rude. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Old you see what emoji. I... Old man emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Old man emoji. Yeah. You see what I have to deal with? This is ridiculous. 200 episodes of this. I'm still here for you guys. It's a lot. It is. It is a lot. And I'm just kind of going day by day. Uh, but yes, again, thank you, uh, Peter St. John, uh, who also has the same uh, letters as Super Producer Jason, just kind of uh, oh, switched around. P- PSJ, SPJ. There you go. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So again, thank you so much for supporting the show. And yeah, 200 episodes. We're looking forward to 300. So... We're just going to keep on trucking. Anyway, um, yeah, so the, the reason I want to talk about this one again, it kind of has a little bit of everything from uh, the season so far. And we're going to kind of go through a little bit uh, right now. Well, the first thing, of course, that we didn't have Hurdle in the lineup here, um, and this is, again, kind of what the Sharks have been dealing with all season long, injuries, guys being out, not really ever being at full strength for the majority of the season um, I think recently we, we kind of had everybody, most folks, back in the lineup when Logan Couture came back in. Uh, but this is, again, just kind of one of those games that kind of had a little bit of everything that we've seen in the season so far. So Hurdle wasn't playing. You had a guy in Eklund playing center when he didn't normally play center with the Sharks. He had played center before, mm-hmm. uh, but this is not the position that they normally had him in. A bit of a preview maybe for the future once Logan Couture and Hurdle kind of uh, moved on and he kind yeah. of maybe steps into that role, right? But go uh, ahead. I was going to say, he... He was drafted as a center. Yes. Uh, but usually when, when guys are drafted that young, coming into the league as a center, you get destroyed in the faceoff circle. And then your defensive responsibilities of covering one of the forwards, um, helping the defenseman out, it's a little bit more for a rookie to handle. Mm-hmm. So they kind of slowly brought him in and then kind of forced into the position because Hurdle was out. I think Couture was still out. Yes. Uh, so they were down in centers, and uh, was Granlin back yet, or was he out too? This is so long ago, I can't even remember. Yeah, again, it's, it was a long time ago. But the, yeah. I mean, the main point was we're, we're missing 
key players, right. just like we have been for the majority of the season, and we've got guys kind of playing in positions that maybe they wouldn't be, right? Yeah. So just trying to do the best they can with what they've got. And Eklund stepped up and played an amazing game, I thought. And in this uh, 2 nothing win, there's a, a bit of a, a play that he had later on that I want to <laughs> talk about, and we'll get to that in a minute. But it's kind of... Uh, Again, what we talked about in this season, Aaron, was what is what is it you're watching this season? What are you trying to get out of this season, right? We're not looking for wins. We're not looking for spectacular superstar-type plays, but we're looking at the development of the younger players like Eklund, right? Mm-hmm. We're looking at the hard work of the players like Sturm and Cunning when he comes back, right? So uh, we're seeing that that's what we were looking for in the season, and in this game in particular, uh, and there was one play, again, I will talk about a little bit later on, where I see Eklund doing veteran things and it's it's very impressive to see a player who's so young and in his his you know a full season where he's not really he's kind of switching back and forth in this game he's playing a different position Mm -hmm. so for him to play the way that he did uh was just very impressive i thought yeah he's getting a lot of uh help from granland uh one of the veterans on the team and granland's having himself a great season still when he's in the lineup and not hurt but um, he's been helping Eklund a lot and says that Eklund has been asking a lot of questions and mm-hmm. learning a lot and picking up a lot of things. And that's exactly what you kind of want on an NHL team. When you're in rebuilding mode, you have your young guys like Eklund, Zetterlin, all these guys. And then you have you need to have some veterans to kind of show them the way on, yeah. on what to do on little things that the coaches might not be able to coach it. You know, it's just little tiny things to add to your game. Adding little tools, uh, learning how to win the faceoff and, and what to look for for on the other person going to the faceoff, just little tiny things, and they add up. And Eklund's game has significantly improved, I think, yeah. over this season. You can kind of see the trajectory. Like, I don't want to say he was bad in the beginning. It's more about consistency. You're seeing a lot more consistent Eklund's playing well and being, I don't know if the force is the right word, but but making things happen on the ice whenever he's on the ice. So it, he's fun to watch. It's exciting and um, makes some dynamic plays, which you're about to talk about right yeah. here. Uh, well, you said the, the the force and making things happen. You immediately went to Star Wars. Like he's using the, the force, and you can see things happening. Well, before. I don't want to say he's a force <laughs> on the ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not like barreling through people, but he's he's making things happen. Right, and it's it's fun to watch. Whenever he's on the ice, I love watching him because something is going to happen. Yes, like a like a Jedi, he seems to have these quick reflexes and he sees things before they happen. I know exactly what you're talking about, Aaron. Even though that wasn't what you're talking about, but nerd. that's okay. Um, before, <laughs> nerd. Uh, before I get to that, actually, though, um, I wanted to say uh, Mackenzie Blackwood first shot out of the season in the two uh, zero win against mm-hmm. Seattle. And um, the point of me bringing this up, though, was to one pose a question, but to also to just make the statement that my boy deserves better. He really does deserve better. He. Deserves Deserves better than the Sharks team that he's playing on right now. Your boy Blackwood. My boy Blackwood. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he's. Why? Would you think? Oh, I don't know if you're talking oh, about okay. Eklund still or something. No, no, no. Hey, I got, right. I got a few of uh, my boys yeah. on this team. Let me tell you. But, but Blackwood, I, I think he definitely deserves better uh, than than this. Uh, this season, right? I think he's been standing on his head. He's been playing really well. I know you had some stats about Kapokakinen uh, being statistically maybe the better goaltender, but I feel for Mackenzie Blackwood. I think he's a phenomenal goaltender, and um, he just, again, deserves better. So I want to pose this question to you guys, and of course to you as well. Um, do you see a trade coming for Mackenzie Blackwood, or do you think the Sharks trade away the statistically better Kapokakinen and extend 
Blackwood? That's my question to you guys. So go ahead, put that in the chat right now, and we'll uh, have Super Producer Jason put those up on the screen so we can take a look. But Aaron, uh, please give me your thoughts on what the Sharks ought to do with Mackenzie Blackwood. I don't think, only because of his contract, he's not a rental player because he still has another year left. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the Sharks are actively trying to trade him. I think they're more of all ears from other teams if they want him. The price is going to be a little bit higher because he's under contract for next season, and he's having such a – it's kind of weird to say he's having a great year in San Jose, but it, he it's is. It's very right? strange to say that, but yeah. I have to agree with you, yeah. Yeah, so I think um, it's less about the Sharks shopping these players out, and it's more of Mike Greer listening to everyone because he knows they're yeah. going to be coming to him to get these players. Kakinen is going to be a little bit easier to move because he is in his last year of his contract. Um and he will be a UFA. He's not going to be an RFA. He's 27. He makes it slightly more at 2.7 versus 2.3 million of Blackwood. But the fact that Blackwood is that cheap, has another year. I don't want to say Greer would extend him. I think he's going to wait until next year to see where the Sharks, where everything falls. But um, I would, uh, to me, I would wager that Kakinen would be the one that gets moved. Uh, more of because of the situation of his contract being expiring. Uh, is a little bit more palpable for teams. I think for Blackwood, to get Blackwood, the price will be higher than it would be for Kakinen. And if you look at both goalies, they're pretty similar, similar right? Yeah. Like, similar numbers. So, yeah, Kakinen is slightly more expensive, but his contract is chopped off after the end of the year, and he would be a great addition to a team that has a good starter and needs a backup in case, maybe like a young starter that hasn't been proven, that goes into the playoffs, right? And in case they falter, they have somebody to back up on yeah. and and rely on, and not feel like we have to play this player who it, it's a mental game yeah. when he gets to the playoffs. So if that goalie is mentally just down, like it's time to uh, make a change, and they'll they'll be more comfortable with Kakinen. I think not that they wouldn't with Blackwood, but they it, would. They, he's he's valuable. Yeah, or, or or a team that has a star goalie, but a very young and unproven backup mm -hmm. that they don't really trust in the playoffs, right? This is a great opportunity to get a veteran goaltender uh, as your backup in case that uh, your main guy goes down, mm -hmm. right? So um, I, I have to agree with you. I think that um, Kakinen is the one that's probably going to get moved for all the reasons he just said. Uh, again, UFA versus RFA, one year versus two years, uh, younger versus uh, maybe a little bit uh, older and um, you know, a guy that is a bit more of a journeyman, I would say. And I think Mackenzie Blackwood has been... They're uh, both 27. They're the same age. Oh, they are the same yeah, age. Yeah. That I did not know. There you go. <laughs> that's... Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's... that's I, I didn't I didn't catch that at all. Well, They're both 27? Yeah. Kakinen turned 27 in August and Blackwood turned in December. They're both 96 kids. Wow. Kids. Kids, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're old like us. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 27 of their kids. <laughs> anyway, okay, well then forget the age thing, I guess, but just the fact that one's UFA and one's RFA still, correct? That's still No, they're both UFAs. They are both UFAs. Yeah. See, ah, I don't know now, man. Like, yeah. I, I know that extra year, right, is, right. is big. Mackenzie's um, basically theirs for yeah. another year, another yeah. season. And he's played well enough. I think he warrants another year. I don't think they would want to get rid of him, but... They don't really have anyone in the wings that's ready to be their backup yet yeah. either. That's probably the problem. So I could see maybe Kakinen or Blackwood, one of them getting moved, right? And coming back, maybe a goalie. Prospect, yeah. a, a prospect that's 
in the pipeline and just kind of jammed at, at that position for that team or something like that. That yeah. would be ideal for the Sharks, but who knows? And and Peter St. John saying, personally, I think Blackwood and Copper are the two most desirable players the Sharks have this year based on play, age, and price. When you add those things up, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 5.1 million in goal. Oh, well, I'm not saying add goal. them together. I'm no, just I'm saying. saying solid goaltending for 5.1 million. Most yeah. teams are locking up 10 to maybe even more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For their goalie tandem. And the Sharks are if they had a better team in front of them, right. would be doing well. So um, their goaltending, at least for the next year, is solid. So, I mean, I think the general consensus kind of was the same there. I think that most people were saying to trade Capo uh, and keep Blackwood. Um, I, again, when you've got him for two years, unless they're going to give you a, you know, a king's ransom, uh, absolutely, I think you hang on to Blackwood for that extra mm-hmm. year and you go from there. Um, I have to say uh, his development has been really good with the Sharks too the, this this past season here. So uh, he's he's looked very strong. Now the Sharks did add a new goalie. Yes, coach they this did. Year, right? Yes, I, they I'm did. Blanking on his name though. Or is it Ryan Miller? No. Well, they did add Ryan Miller, but there's another oh. goalie coach. Okay, you're talking about someone in. else then. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's it's made. I mean, look at Kakinen. Kakinen was here last year without yeah. that coach. Yeah. And I think he's made some significant improvements. Um, so kudos to him. And I can't even think of his name. <laughs> but. Yeah, it, it, the goalie, the goaltending, I think, is getting solidified for the first time in probably since Nabokov has yeah. re- not even retired but moved on to other teams. So um, it's weird. It's weird to see that the goaltending is actually good, and the rest the of the Sharks team are is, actually yeah. bad. You imagine if this happens when they went to the finals instead of having Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what it is. Yep. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Anyway, uh, so then after uh, that discussion here, let's talk a little bit about the other thing that has been kind of going on, I think, pretty much throughout the season. And it's at least every time I've watched a game and I look up at the shots on goal, it's just horrendous. Uh, In this game in particular, three shots on goal in the first period, five shots on goal in the second period. Uh, Just nothing doing with the Sharks getting into the offensive zone and putting pucks on net. Um, and this has happened kind of throughout the entirety of the year. Now, there are games here or there where maybe they've outshot the opponent. But for the most part, it seems like the Sharks are just having a really hard time generating offense. Uh, not just scoring goals. That's that's a different story. I'm not saying scoring goals. I'm saying just generating offensive chances. When you're only putting three shots on goal and then five shots on you got eight total over the course of 40 minutes. When most teams have more than eight over the course of 20 minutes. Yeah, you're probably not going to score too many goals. And those shots are probably not very high danger. You're probably just throwing them at the net praying, right? So um, this has kind of been one of those things that has just kind of been throughout the season. And again, uh, in this game, this is kind of what we've been seeing in the other 50-something games that we've played so far. Yeah, the Sharks just don't have the bite that other teams do. Their offense is not there. When they have a uh, healthy lineup and everyone is in the lineup that is healthy, um, nobody on the IR, which hasn't even happened yet this season. Um, they are a better team having Couture. They didn't have Hurdle or Couture in this game, and they won. It's it's kind of amazing yeah. that they won, and it was a complete team effort to get a 2 nothing shutout win. I mean, essentially it was one nothing because they had an empty netter. Hmm. So it was a very close game, and the Sharks dug their heels in and, and did very well against a Seattle team that seems to kind of beat the Sharks and out-hustle them. Um, they're not a very... I don't want to say they're not skilled, but they're not... They're not like Colorado or Edmonton with the superstars, right? They have some yeah. star power, but not superstar power. Right. So they they get their wins by hard work and just out hustling everyone. And the Sharks out hustled them for this win. It was it was a good dirty, not 
dirty's not the right word. Hard working win. It was a good blue collar. Blue collar, yeah. lunch pail, let's get to work. <laughs> that kind of win. The guy's sitting on the metal beam, like fifty right. stories up, right? That's what that, they should yeah. have. They should have a lunchbox for the player of the game after the game. Not I like that. Not the whatever I forget what it's something Ferraro brought it in. It was um I forget what it says on it. Someone will know in the chat. You know what I'm talking about? I'm sure uh, Nick HBK will will correct us. Yeah. Come on, you guys don't know this? Yeah. <laughs> Nick, if you're out there, uh, let us he's know. He's in there. Yeah, he's yeah, in there. Okay, there you go. All right. Um, no way Rangers are trading Perot. Oh, so Nick, he, they're talking about some other stuff. That's yeah. trades that may be happening uh, or it sounds like maybe not happening. Uh, trying to start a trade rumor. What do you guys think about Rangers? Anthony Duclair, 50% retained. And San Jose is 20. Nope, nope not. Nope. As soon as you said first round pick, nope. top 10 protected even then. As soon as you said retained. No, the Sharks aren't going to retain any more salary, especially Duclair's. It's not that much. How many more years does Duclair have? He's just got one. He's got one year He's left. He's one then, of the UFAs coming Then who up. cares? Retain. Because at the end of the season, it's going away anyway. I just don't. Like, I think they would retain someone higher. Like, if it was like Couture or someone else, I think that, or Vlasic. But I don't think they would retain. Duclairs. I don't know. He's only I'm only retaining. Million I'm only retaining. Well, that's just I mean, it's a better reason why too, right there, right? You only get one. They only have one more retention slot sure. at that point. Yeah. And going to the owner yet again to say, hey, can we still pay this guy even but, though he's not on the team anymore? But you just said you, you want to retain somebody who's got more salary. No, I would save it for someone if there's a better deal for okay. moving one of the bigger pieces out, I think would be more, I don't know, ideal. Like LeBanc. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> you had to go there. You just had to go there, you know? Oh, man. Um, okay. So, also in this game, Pickle scores his fourth goal <laughs> in eight games. That's crazy. I, does it, it just doesn't make any sense. It, this Again, this season makes no sense, and that's part of, again, why I'm going through this game, because of the things that are happening in this game have happened throughout the season. Sharks make no sense. He scores fourth goal in, in eight games. So right. my question, uh, again, to you and to, to the folks uh, listening in the chat right now, um, is is this a coincidence? Okay, obviously this happened a while ago, so things have happened or not happened since then. Um, but is this a coincidence that he kind of just turned it on offensively? Or is he kind of like... Hey, I'm ready to move on and I'm ready to get traded to a team that I can actually potentially finish my career with some sort of legacy behind. I don't know if he wants to get traded. I mean, he has a no movement clause. Yeah. So he can have final say over everything. I don't know if a team would would want him, but you could retain his salary if Yeah, um, I think more (laughs) of um his off ice issues were settled. Yeah. And that, that really changed things up for him. That's more of what it is, I think. So Mentally, think he's he's back, clear-headed, focusing on hockey. That that's what I think. Which a focused player is a much better than a non-focused player. <laughs> I would agree again. We talk game. about this a lot. It's a very yeah. mental part of the game, being consistent in little details. Yeah, and 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 a, you know, Vlasic, of course, not exactly an offensive defenseman. So for him to score four goals uh, over the course of eight games. Um, I, I think it is kind of a coincidence, actually. I think he's just firing the puck at the net when he has the opportunity to. Now, one of these goals uh, was one, not not necessarily in this game, but maybe it actually was in this game. Uh, Ferraro, or somebody had floated the puck across him. I can't remember who it was now, but they floated the puck across him. Maybe it was Couture on his, his, his game back. 
That's what it was. When Logan Couture had his game back, yeah. he fired a pass across to him, uh, to Vlasic, and Vlasic tapped it in as if he was a forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was just a heads-up play by Couture and a heads-up um, you know, pinch by Vlasic to come in there and get a stick on puck. So, um, it, But normally he's not doing that, right? right? So I do think it is a bit of a coincidence. I don't think him being clear-headed means all of a sudden he's going to score 15 goals in a season, right? Yeah. I don't think that's what this means. So, uh, yeah, I think it's coincidental. Um, but, again, for me, it's just one of those things where the the slumping, worst contract in the league voted several years in a row defenseman who's aging gets four goals in eight games. Again, the Sharks make no sense. No, they don't at all. And he scored the next night. He had three games in a row, a goal in three <laughs> games right. in a row. That's right. Um, so, yeah, he scored in the next game in Anaheim. So, uh what is that? Five goals. All five of his goals for the season in the last nine games. <laughs> uh, I, I, again, it's just weird. Yeah, four out of eight. Four oh eight. You say yes. Four oh eight. For those of you who don't know, maybe Thanks, you're Deborah. visiting uh, visiting from uh, other countries. Perhaps four oh eight is actually the uh, the the area code. The phone what you would dial for the phone number, right? Four zero eight. So um, I almost said zip code there. That's why I had to. Stop myself for a second there. I say retain Noah Gregor. Oh, Peter St. John, you said the word of the day. Well, the name of the day. Uh, Noah Gregor. We'll actually be talking about Noah Gregor uh, much later on in the show uh, just because it's fun. It's a Paul, running. Paul loves to dunk on it's, I'm not dunking on anyone. It's a running gag on the show. You guys like it. I like it. Aaron sort of likes it. He likes it so much that he has a jersey. <laughs> I do. I have his jersey. Aaron lost a bet too. Aaron did lose a bet too. Well, I did lose a bet. Oh, goodness gracious! No, we're not going to go through that right now. Don't go through. He's looking at stats. Don't go through stats right now. We'll do that later. Okay. Um, but again, um, it was just kind of uh, strange uh, that he scores uh, prolifically uh, in, in this tiny span, right? Uh, so yeah, again. Sharks making no sense whatsoever. Uh, the last thing here, again, I wanted to go back to Eklund. I told you guys uh, that we would be going back to Eklund. And um, in this game, there was a very specific sequence of events uh, played specifically by Eklund that um, is, is, again, why are we watching this season? What are we looking for? And it's things like this. Now, there was, I can't remember the time frame where that had happened in, but it was in this game. And Eklund took the puck up the right-hand side, cut towards the net, to, or sorry, towards the middle, I should say, uh, to draw the defender from the outside towards uh, from the boards more towards the middle. And as soon as that defender stepped towards the middle, Eklund does his patented slippery Pete spinorama mm -hmm. and goes around him on the outside. Now, when he went around him on the outside, again, keeps the puck wide, keeps his body between puck and player, which is if you're a young player and you're trying to get more goals and you th you're wondering why when you stick handle so well at home that it doesn't uh, translate to you scoring goals and getting past defensemen, it's because you're stick handling like this in front of the defenseman and he can pick the puck away from you. When you take the puck wide, like Eklund did, you put your body in between, you protect the puck that way, kids. So please, <laughs> start doing that more often. Holds his hand out, keeps the guy's stick away from him, right? Mm -hmm. Cuts towards the net, gets a shot. Doesn't go in, doesn't matter because the, of what he's doing. Okay, what he does is he continues to watch the puck as he's passing up the net. The the Kraken get the puck and they start to break it out. The first thing he does is he starts sprinting back up the ice. Now, this is the guy that just came in, high talent move, spinorama, drives the net, mm -hmm. takes a little bit of a bump getting there. And then when they start breaking the puck out, he's right back on their tail and he's sprinting behind this player. 
gets a good stick lift in and has the smarts to poke check the puck, not just away from the player, but to his defenseman. This is the mark of a high IQ player. Everything that he just did that I just talked about, there's so much IQ uh, that goes into this. (laughs) And it's just, again, one of those things where this is why we watch the season, to see this guy developing the way that he is, Mm -hmm. showing the smarts that he has at such a young age, and he's not a veteran in this league, and I cannot wait until he gains even more knowledge more hockey IQ, more muscle mass, yeah. more everything, and more better players around him to help support him doing the things that he's doing. Because not only does he has these in these individual effort uh, moments that are just like awe-inspiring if you really like watching the game for the minute details, but when you have better players around you, you can actually finish on a lot of these uh, amazing plays that he's making. Because he doesn't really have anybody around him right now. So when he does, and they're high-talent players, like, say, a Celebrini might be, right? Or Will Smith when he comes back in. Quentin Musty when he comes into the fold. There's there's so many guys that can come and help this guy out, and I'm just very excited for the future of the franchise, specifically with uh, with, with Eklund a part of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to add to that, but yeah. There you go. <laughs> same. He's, same. Same. Ditto. <laughs> Anyway, that's, that was my whole spiel, and I'm glad that you just said ditto because now we could pass up the very first game that we were talking about. Uh, Peter St. John says, I've been doing that stuff for decades, Paul, which is why I'm a genius. <laughs> well done, Peter St. John. Uh, so, yeah, so let's go ahead and just blow through a few of these games. Um, there was a game against Anaheim, a 3-2 overtime loss. You said something about this game. Uh, Pickle scored again in this one. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's the only thing we're going to say about this one. Great, move on. Uh, against Winnipeg, a one nothing loss. Sharks get shut out. Cool. Okay. Uh, it happens. Uh, is what it is. Uh, it kind of sucks that they lose one nothing though, because it it seems like they could have uh, really maybe pulled some points out of this game. But again, uh, for me, I don't want the Sharks to get points, uh, and so this one actually kind of made me happy because there wasn't any point gained. Previous one, uh, one goal loss, but overtime, so we pick up a point. Boo. Um, moving on, Calgary, a six to three win, picking up two points here again. Uh, not super happy about that, but you've got some notes. You've got some notes here about uh, a, a very uh, young goaltender in is it Dustin Wolf? Yeah, and he's from for, Gilroy uh, for Calgary. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's from Gilroy, and I th- believe he started the Junior Sharks program. Maybe I do not know. He I was a seventh round draft pick, and I'm kind of upset that the Sharks didn't just draft him for being roll the dice, yeah. right? Like he, they have no goaltenders in their system back when he was drafted. Anyway, take a flyer on him, right? Um, he's been tearing up the AHL. He's been his numbers have been great. He's been called to the NHL level. Uh, I think a couple times gone up and down because of injuries and stuff for Calgary's other goaltenders. He was on the team because uh, uh, I think it was is it Vlader, Vlader that plays for them. Their backup goalie for Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Vader. It's yeah. Vader. Um, We've already had Star Wars references. I'm I not think, going there. I think I don't know. Way. Whoever it is, their their backup goalie was out, so he was. Uh, Played against the Sharks, probably you know a hometown thing. Let's see if he can get, <laughs> yeah. play San Jose. This is this is why even the San Jose Sharks, who are were in last place, now they're not. Chicago is, but um, playing the last place team. I think a lot of people like to ask this question or play this game of uh, they do this in football a lot, like the worst place football playing the best college team, like who would win. This is kind of the same thing. You have the worst place NHL team playing against a. Very green goalie. He's young. He's only 22. Yeah. Um, not quite ready for the show. What's going to happen? Well, six goals is what's going to happen. The Sharks <laughs> put six away on this poor guy. Um, most of the goals, I think, went up high on him. 
Um, and they asked after the game, were you guys trying to aim up high? Because all six goals seemed to be up high, and they're like, no. No, we just we just shot. Like, this is where we put the shots. <laughs> it mean, wasn't like in the scouting report. How appropriate report. is that, But, though? I mean, it wasn't the scouting report. It wasn't like, yeah. like everybody shoot high, you know? They just... Just that's what he gave up, and that's what they scored. He's kind of a smaller goalie too. But how appropriate is that? The Sharks having a hard time scoring goals. Now we're just kind of throwing the puck in the net and praying. We're not. Yeah. We're not aiming for anything. Yeah. We're just kind of shooting. We you shot where openings <laughs> were basically. But in this game, uh, Philip Zadina two goals and two assists for a career four point night, nice. which is amazing. And then uh, Cutting getting two goals. I believe we have a graphic, maybe? No? I don't oh, think we do. Yeah, no, no garbage graphic. collector. I spent all the money on the front graphic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that, but he spent all the money on the front graphic here down below. It looks TV. nice. It looks beautiful. I love it. It really makes everything kind of come together. <laughs> the the chevrons from, uh, is that what they're called? The chevrons or the, the lines? The, the lines from uh, the new Sharks jersey. That's where the influence is from. Oh, okay. Um, we'll actually be talking about the New Sharks jersey a little bit later on, too. Right. So, well, the other go. one I was going to highlight is Bailey got a goal and two assists for his also career night, three points. Um, so seeing these guys, they really... Uh, Zadina, especially, I wanted to call him out because yeah. I watched most of this game, and he was all over the ice, like just electric. His his energy was everywhere. He A couple of them were turnovers, and so he he turned them into goals um, just on the forecheck. So... Forecheck, backcheck, paycheck, right? Oh, yeah. So he was doing it and doing it well. And um, <laughs> is that an LL Cool J yeah, reference? LL Cool J. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm surprised you got that. I'm a little disappointed that I got it so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked that you got that so fast. Uh, Copyright strike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube police are after us. Um, anyway, it's a great game. It's fun to see the Sharks win every once in a while. I know you won't. Yeah. You don't want them to get points, yeah. but it's it's it still feels good. It's still yeah. nice. It's still fun. And I forgot who was in goal for this one. Was it Kakinen? Um It was Blackwood. Blackwood getting another one on the road. <laughs> Deborah says, you see where your $20 is going? <laughs> on the TV in front. I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, uh, you know, again, for me, um, again, the hardworking goals, right, and the hardworking mm-hmm. type players. Uh, you're talking about the guys that are kind of helping to, to lead the young guys and, and how to play the game. And for me... Um, it, Bailey may not necessarily be one of the older guys, although he think he's a little bit longer in the tooth for a guy who hasn't played as many uh, NHL games as some of the rookies have. But um, he's one of those guys that I watch him every night and I'm impressed with his effort level every single night. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, I talk about Sturm, I talk about Ferraro. Um, you just said Zadino with, you know, forecheck, backcheck, paycheck, right? I mean, and, and I look at Bailey and Bailey is the same way. Uh, Bailey is this guy that I would be scared of uh, when playing against him, because he just—I mean, when he decides he's going to skate hard, which is all the time—he's um, just this humongous lumbering man coming after you. He's six four. He's gig- two fifteen. He's gigantic. <laughs> That's a big man, and he skates fast. Like yeah. the, the dude is fast, and yeah. Lord help you if he throws his body at you mm-hmm. because it's going to hurt. And I think they know this. And every time that he comes down on them like that, it's just—it's turnover city. They're just trying to get rid of the puck so they don't get creamed. And I just love watching him play. I think, again, when you take a look at what the Sharks are this season, um, they're not a high-talent team, but Mike Greer has done a phenomenal job of building this team out to be a a hard-working blue-collar, as we said, lunchbox, right? That type of a team. And he's done a very good job of building that. Now, the record may not reflect what the fans want to see, but when I'm looking at this going, I know this team is not talented enough uh, to, to be a playoff team. I like seeing these guys get brought in, 
because it is entertaining hockey. Mm -hmm. It's very entertaining hockey when guys are just chasing the other team down all over the ice. Not because they're chasing them because they're too slow, <laughs> but they're just, they're blood chasing hungry. because they don't have the puck because the they other team is better. <laughs> bloodthirsty. They're coming after you. You yeah. know what I mean? That's like so, the old school Sharks hockey when they were terrible in the first game yeah. of the league. You're guaranteed at least a couple fights a night. I'm not saying that they do that now, but a hardworking team, you're going to get your butt waxed when you come into San Jose. It, there you go. What? Dustin it, Wolf it, played for the Santa Clara Blackhawks Mites program at Sharks Ice, and then when Dustin was nine, the family headed south to join the Los Angeles Junior Kings. There you go. So not quite. He wasn't in the Junior Sharks program, but he was local up until he was. So nine. interesting though, because he said Santa Clara Blackhawks. Santa Clara Blackhawks had traditionally been a very good uh, youth program, squirts mm-hmm. and, and um, peewees and that kind of thing, mites as well. Um, and lately, they've kind of falling off a bit but that's okay uh but yeah so my son's team actually the cougars they play against well not my other son's team actually because they're down in bb not in a but they play against the blackhawks so uh it's an organization that is yeah very close to uh this area very close to um the what do you call it um the the sharks program and everything else uh, obviously they play at each other's rinks and whatnot so um it's it's a it's a good program and obviously they did a pretty good job of developing a goaltender or helping yeah. to develop a goaltender but realistically i hate to say it but um the southern california hockey uh that whole program down there is absolutely fantastic and amazing and for them to make that decision to go and yeah. play with them was absolutely the right posi- uh, decision Would you because say, do you know what the kings or the ducks better so Actually, it's funny that you bring that up because I was looking at this uh, recently. The Kings organization with like 10U and 12U in their mm-hmm. A and AA programs, mm-hmm. uh, the the Kings are very, very good. The Ducks are very much better, too. Um, they better they, they the are Kings? better. They are better, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, and if you take a look, there's something called My Hockey Rankings. I'm going to plug this right now. And it's a website <laughs> that you can go to, and you can go and click on like Squirts or Pee or whatever else, and you can check the different states and click on the state, and then it'll show you like kind of an arbitrary number that's like z- – not zero, but like a number to a yeah. hundred. And if you're like in the eighties, you're pretty good. But if you're in the nineties, you're going to kill all these guys in the eighties, right? The junior ducks are like at the top of that list uh, at like 96. Wow. Like they're way up there. Right. So they're, they're a very, very good team to put in perspective. My son's a Cougars team here in NorCal is one of the better teams. They're ranked at like 87, somewhere in there, right? So, or 85, somewhere in there. So, yeah, they're a very good program. I don't want to put down NorCal hockey, but Southern California hockey absolutely knows what they're doing with development to the point that even the the coaches will say, um, you know, I love you as a player, but I'm willing to let you go to that coach because he's really good at what you need to learn. And they're willing to let their players move around like that for the development of the player, not for the glory of the coach. So, yeah, it's, it's, they have, they run really good programs down there. Again, not saying anything bad about NorCal Hockey. We love the Cougars program. And I've heard nothing but good things about every other program that's here. Black Stars and uh, Black Hawks and the Sharks and everybody else. They, they're all awesome. But uh, SoCal uh, very much kind of uh, <laughs> dominates uh, when it comes to California hockey. So, But yes, um, anyway, uh, Dustin Wolf was a member of the Blackhawks, as he said. But yeah, going down to SoCal... I think you start seeing a lot of the really good players from NorCal kind of doing the same thing, and Dustin Wolf, no exception there. So, yeah, there you go. Okay, um, moving on from the Calgary game, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets game, and this is where we were going to bring up the roll call question. So please let us know uh, where or what city, rather, you are watching us from, because if we say where, people say the couch and they think they're cute. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> let us know what city you're watching us from, and uh, what are your thoughts on the new black 
jerseys. Aaron, do we have a, a an image of this anywhere? No, we did. I don't think we did shows. that. No. Yeah, we had, we had an image on the previous show. If yeah. Super Producer Jason uh, can then put one together in the next twenty seconds, then He's go saying, for it. Nope. Otherwise, uh, if you've seen it, then you've seen it, and you know. Uh, so my question to you, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on the black jersey? Now, Aaron, I already know your thoughts on the jersey because I know that you really liked that that old shoulder patch yep. uh, fin logo. Now, they have a specific name for it, though. It's the Evolution Fin. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. I the, think that's what's going on. was the name of the fin. But the, the jersey itself was the Cali Fin logo or no, Cali Fin jersey. Yeah. Something like that. I cannot remember, and uh, I, I feel bad. Sorry about that. Yeah, I don't so. remember either. But <laughs> I like it. It's the first time we got to see the Sharks players wearing it for a game. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be doing what's cool. Is, I like the way they did this. They're they're going to be all their home games for the next month are going to be wearing this jersey. So it's not like sporadic. Like you need a schedule of which games are yeah. what and all that stuff every other Thursday or some weird thing. Right. It's like your kid's school. Like, oh, your school is off every other Thursday except this Thursday and that one. <laughs> anyway. Um, I like that they're going to be wearing these for a while, and I like the jersey because it's they've never done nah, a jersey for a game, I guess my except for the one last year for that were the retro ones, where it didn't have the shark's logo on it. So this has the you know the shark fin or the yeah. shark uh, biting the stick logo. This looks more of a I don't want to say if classy is the right word. It's just a different take on the jersey. It's cleaner. It's less, I don't know, less busy on it and looks more subtle Okay. for a shark fin. It kind of reminds me of when the Ducks kind of rebranded to be Ducks, not the Mighty Ducks. Right. They kind of dropped the cartoon act a little bit. Yeah. Kind of what the Sharks are doing here. Um, and it's just the letter D, but it looks like a webbed foot kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, but they also they changed the name from Mighty yeah, Ducks yeah, yeah, of Anaheim yeah. to yeah. just Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. So kind of streamlining. I think the Sharks are kind of doing the same thing. And I, what I really like is that this jersey has to be used for the next three years. So we're going to see it this season, next season, and the one after. Um, I like it a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, from just from the words from Doug Bentz, the, the CMO of the Sharks, about um, their research shows that, that, that uh, fans like the black jerseys, the white or the black jerseys. They're not buying teal. They're not buying any other color. It's, it's usually the black ones sell the most. So they kind of went in that direction to go black against. People were like, why are you doing black again? Why don't you do a different color? Yeah. This is why. Um, it does look sharp on its own. Like you could just be wearing it out somewhere and it just looks clean and looks nice um, versus when you're wearing like a teal jersey that just screams teal anywhere you go. Um, <laughs> but I, I, again, I like it and I'm curious to see what other people are uh, are saying well, in the chat here about so it. So far, it seems like, uh, well, of the few comments that we got on this one, um, it seems like most people like the jersey or love it or have already bought it. Uh, Mountain Goat, however, says he hates it. Yeah, Mountain Goat? Yeah, Mountain Goat. I, I think it was Mountain Goat. I hate the jerseys. Peter St. John also said it. Uh, I spent most of my working career in the custom apparel silkscreen printing and embroidery, and I'm not really into that logo. I like it as a shoulder patch. Um, well... Sorry, Peter, but I like it. <laughs> I always wanted it. I never wanted it as the primary jersey. I wanted it as the alternate jersey, and that's exactly what they did with it. So yeah. I'm okay with it not being the main the main jersey for a while. I, I like the third jersey having a little bit of a different logo. Right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like like with the, the Rangers, right? Mm-hmm. They have like the Rangers logo on front, but they had the third jersey that said New York uh, across the front like that. It's yeah. not a new logo, but it's not the same logo, but with just different colors. <laughs> I, like Montreal and Toronto, you're like, you can't do that. They won't let you do that. So they come out with a third jersey, and you're like, 
that looks the same. Like what what different what you do? Oh, there's a different striping on it. Yeah. Cool. Like yeah. all right. Well, nobody's gonna notice that unless you're some diehard fan. So I do like it. How it's it is very different and it definitely stands out differently than just being the shark's head again biting the stick just with different colors or I don't know different yeah. highlights kind of. But like looking back at the stealth jersey, it was pretty much a black shark's jersey. And they blacked out the numbers too, right? Or the no, I, I no, they didn't black out the numbers. Um, they ended up using white because if they did black out the numbers, yeah, it would be, be like to impossible it. to see on it really TV. Really would be stealth. And I think Randy was like, "It's <laughs> they better not do that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah. So okay. Anyway, uh, it sounds like the majority of the people kind of like the jersey. I don't know. I like it. I, is it something that I would purchase? Eh, maybe. Um, I, I mean, are you gonna buy one? Because I know you you love it. Probably so. because, and I'll only buy the Adidas one, not the. The uh, Fanatics. Fanatics one. Yeah. Don't ever buy Fanatics. Anyone who's listening and thinking about buying anything, just don't buy Fanatics. And Fanatics is going to have, starting next season, exclusive rights to all NHL things. Um, if we're not going to get dinged. Oh, there I you go. knew you could do I, it. That's it why I said it, buddy. Look See? at that. That's Fanatics, though. Oh, oh never mind. Boo. No, it says Adidas no, it's on Adidas. the back. It's oh. Adidas. Um, so here's a look at the jersey. This is what we're talking about. Um, and you can see where the striping came from on the arms and the very bottom of the jersey where we have it on our set now. But very clean. Looks like, I mean, it kind of flows all together like waves. With the, if you look at the stripes yeah. across going with the fin and, and the arms. Um, yeah, I think it just looks sharp and clean and yeah. very different than than the Sharks head normal logo. So I'm glad they went in this direction. Yeah, I definitely like that. I, will I get one? I don't know. Um, it's definitely not one that I would immediately say no to, though. I do like it. I just don't know that I'll be uh, purchasing it. Black is just very bland. I love teal because it is unique. <laughs> yes, Mountain Goat. I love teal as well. However, unfortunately, uh, teal apparently doesn't sell as well as black uh, anymore. I'll definitely get When the they hat. first came out, though, when the Sharks first came out, uh, teal, I'm sure everybody oh, yeah. was. Oh, in the 90s? Mm, love it. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's a very 90s color. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> so well, then yeah. you had Gordy Howe wearing yeah. it. You had, was it Prince whatever, uh, Diana's son, Prince somebody, oh, had Harry? a shark's hat. Harry or? Whatever. Yeah, I think it was Harry, actually. Yeah, yeah. he had a shark's hat on, yeah. that one famous photo and everything. So there was a comment that was just on the screen, and I missed it, and I feel bad because I feel like I should read that. There it is. Black jersey is sweet. The white is clean. The teal is iconic. I, I, I bought the white jersey last, uh, maybe two seasons ago now. Yeah. And I like it a lot. It's It was very clean. Yeah. Um, I, ha I don't think I actually have a black jersey, so I'll probably pick this one up. So uh, the, the last jersey I got was a white jersey, actually. Oh, yeah. The, the Noah Gregor jersey. Yeah, it was a Noah Gregor jersey. <laughs> the last one I purchased was the black one, the, the, the stealth the one. The stealth one. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, I, I have a couple black ones, actually, uh, from previous seasons, so yeah. maybe I will get this one. I don't know. But uh, it certainly looks nice. I do like it a lot. I just don't know if it's going to rip money out of my pocket uh, or, or not. <laughs> That's so. the I'll wait till the summer when it's on sale. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, okay, so uh, the last thing to talk about in this game, again, we, we were talking about the Columbus game when we started talking about the jerseys because that's where they were. Uh, these jerseys was in this game. Um, Aaron, they, they lose the game with 13 seconds left. Um, this is one of those ones where, um, you know, if you're looking at the season the way I'm looking at it, it's like you dodged a bullet. You almost went to overtime and got a point. <laughs> So <laughs> it's the best way to go, especially yeah. a team that's close to you in the standings yes. at the bottom, right? Yes. I, I mean, yeah, of course, uh, Columbus not doing too well this season either, and they're threatening to be kind of in that, you know, 
one, two, three spot for right. you know for I mean, the, how, the draft. How great so. is it to be like let's let's work our tails off. We'll get as close as we can. Then the last thirteen seconds, we'll just say <laughs> take the two points. Take the goal. Just take them. I don't want the points. We just wanted to show up and have a good game, and we did that. So here you go. And of course, the players aren't doing that. No. We would never suggest no. that. In other than jokingly, right? We would never suggest that the players would actually do that. But yes, this is kind of when they scored with thirteen seconds left. In a way, I was kind of like, ah, oh, no big deal. You know, I mean, again, I'm watching this for the uh, the hard work, the effort. I'm not necessarily watching thinking, gosh, I really hope we get a win today. Right. So um, them coming out of this with a, a solid effort and a good game, uh, but still picking up a loss, uh, I'm okay with it. Because for the, for me, this season obviously is pretty much over, and it was over before it even started. So um, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay with the way that this one ended up. Womp, uh, womp. Um, so then you've got some notes here. Uh, Anthony Duclair and Fabian Zetterlin uh, continuing uh, getting some points this season. Yeah. Um, happy because their stock is going up. Zetterlin, I don't think, <laughs> is going anywhere, but Duclair uh, is definitely going to be moved at some point. So, um Good that he's uh, getting getting on the scoring binge, I guess. And what? though you don't agree with the terms that somebody had put up early years, somebody did call out that Duclair would be a good trade target for others and saying that oh, he's absolutely. Pre- he's going to get moved. Yeah, he'll get so, moved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that some team's going to take him because they're going to want him as their, I don't know, third. The Sharks have a lot of players that are going to be good. <laughs> good third-line players that can jump up for in. To cover an injury in the first or second line, yes. they'll be they'll be good to to do that and be responsible players. Yes, that's what I think the Sharks are. That's what they're betting on when they sign these guys to one year contracts. You are just cannon fodder for the <laughs> trade deadline to get us more assets coming back. Uh, cannon fodder. What? Uh, let me sign this contract. You are cannon fodder. They know exactly what they're. No, doing. I know, but come on, man, that's terrible. Uh, okay, so. Uh, they pick up some points. Uh, how about the? I mean, Zetterlin, obviously, the Sharks uh, like Zetterlin. They're going to be uh, sticking with him, I think. For... I mean, that, that's a big piece of the trade coming yeah. back for Timo Meyer. Absolutely. And, um, I should look. Uh, you know, next year I'm going to look at and compare stats of Timo and Zetterlin because Zetterlin's <laughs> having a great year. Yeah. I don't think Timo is, but I haven't been paying attention as, as close as yeah. I was earlier. Um, but I mean, Zetterlin is now up to 15 goals and eight assists on the season. Jeez. That is fantastic. He is tied with Tomas Hurdle once again for the most goals, and Hurdle is out for at least the next couple weeks. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Zetterlin push up uh, a little bit more and start taking the lead away and building some ground there. But um, Duclair, right behind him with 11 goals, he is second on the team with 11 goals, eight assists. Uh, and that's in 50 games. So yeah. not a great year by Duclair, but he's a goal scorer. And kind of like when Patrick Marlowe would score, it would come in bunches, and then it would disappear in bunches. Yeah. So he's kind of kind of goes up and down, up and down. Well, it's funny because Duclair's got 11 goals in the season, which is uh, more than some players in the NHL get. <laughs> Just saying. Eklund's uh, got eight. He's up to eight now. Eklund? Pretty, yeah. He's, he's scoring now yeah. more than... More than I thought. I don't know. I thought he was going to be more of a playmaker, which he is. Which he is. I mean, he's got 17 assists on the season so far. I mean, it's that's, good that's to not see bad. Him. It's good to see him put some in the net. Yeah. That's good. He's but got a heck of a one-timer. And right again, now. on a bad team, on a right. team that's getting right. shelled most nights, he's getting three shots on goal in the first period, right? I, so I am so excited already for next year's team, and we haven't even gotten to the trade deadline of this year yet. <laughs> because I know of all the young guys that are going to yeah. become, most likely going to be coming in, like Will Smith, Musty. Uh, Musty, and maybe a couple other ones. We'll see if yeah. they can crack the lineup. But um, I'm excited because next season will be 
more young guys to watch that are going to be highly skilled that the Sharks just really haven't had in a long time. And we'll see where the chips fall after the trade deadline and who's left and who's not. Um, here we go. Nick HBK, Timo, 10 goals, 12 assists versus Fabians, 15 goals, 8 assists. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's pretty close. Question, how many games played for, for Timo? A lot less. A lot less. Yeah. So... But that That's price part point of per goal, that's <laughs> pretty good for Zetterlin. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, wasn't Timo hurt? Yes, he was. That's 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 why I was asking about yeah. the game's plays because he was injured uh, for for quite a while. So for him to be missing so many games but still have uh, that many goals and points is is not bad because it right. takes a while for you to uh, you you come back. It's not like it's a video game. You come back and you're like, hey, I'm just like I was never gone. Yeah. You know, it's. It takes speed you a while to get back gone. up to speed. Yeah. It takes you a while for the chemistry to come back with your line mates. Yep. Um, there's a there's a bunch of stuff that goes into it. So um, not not a horrible year for Timo, considering he was injured for a, a good chunk of it and everything. But um, again, that he was injured certainly makes the trade look a little bit better for the Sharks. Timo's got 42 games played versus Fabian's 55. Oh, so, not too far. Not off. that big. Yeah. I'm liking that trade, guys. I know a lot of you guys didn't like the we trades. Didn't, we didn't really talk about this or have it in our notes, but Mook Madulin coming up Oh yeah, uh, right before the AHL All-Star game because he got sent back down so he could go play it. Um, I think he looked very good, and I think the Sharks sent him down not as a demotion, yeah, but to go get more minutes, yeah. work. Plus, they had some of the guys coming back. I think Ferraro came back in the lineup, so they didn't really need him. Um, but I'm excited about him next season i think he's gonna crack the lineup and and be in the probably the second pairing defenseman i don't think he'd be the top right away but second do do you happen to have um the cap friendly with all the 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 contracts yeah take a look at how many defensemen have one year left on their contract because i'm pretty sure nhl level at the nhl level how many guys have one year left on their contract because i'm pretty sure jan ruda only has one we have uh henry thumb but he's a He's coming back. C. He's coming so back. Kind of an baby. RFA, but different. My boy. Addison's an RFA. Ahoychuk, RFA. Emerson, RFA. McDonald, UFA. Okay. What, what, what about Ruda? Ruda has another year. He has another seven. year? Yeah. One more year. Okay. Um, so depending on who they trade of those guys, if if uh, or if Emerson's going to be coming back, I don't know. If McDonald's going to be coming back, he's got, he went on waivers today. McDonald, yes, did. yes, he did. Um, we'll see if he gets claimed. I guess but. I don't think he will. You know, honestly though, if I'm a team that just needs an extra player, but you need, we're talking contracts, like sure. the number of contracts on the team, because you'd be picking him up and that would be taking a spot. But the fact that he can play as a forward and as a defenseman makes him really versatile for a team that is maybe right. making a playoff push and if they have any sort of injury anywhere in that lineup they could plug him in and shove another guy up a line or whatever the case is i think he's very versatile and i think teams might look at that and go ah, problem dude, is we take if you him? claim him on waivers you have to put him in your lineup yeah is he worthy enough to be put in your lineup on a good team i don't Fair think enough. so or you'd be scratching him. Like, yeah. he's in the lineup, but you're scratching him. But then that's taking up a spot of somebody else. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts to it. It's not just like, oh, that's a good player. I'm going to take yeah. him. You have yeah. to actually fit him in your lineup. For a team that maybe has five NHL defensemen and a sixth that's an AHLer that they don't really trust and they're not giving him True. minutes anyway, yeah. and they could push him down, waivers exempt, mm-hmm. and then have, um, have what's his name? 
McDonald. McDonald, thank you. <laughs> Who are we talking about here, folks? What we just talked uh, about. <laughs> I was going to say Emerson again, but no. Uh, uh, have McDonald uh, step in there instead, mm-hmm. even if you healthy scratch him every now and then. I think it, it, it's not a bad pickup for a team that just wants to make sure that they've got depth without having to take two players for depth, right? Uh, just one player, and he can play any which way. I think that's not a bad call. Um, so anyway... I don't know uh, how many spots are going to be open for McMadoulin. That was my point. But if Addison uh, sticks around, if Emerson can stick around, you've got Vlasic still there, Ferraro, unless he gets traded, right? Right. So there there may not be many spots for him, but I think he absolutely can earn a spot, and he could probably outplay some of the guys that I just talked about. That's what I think. It's going to be coming down to outplaying them, and I think he's mm-hmm. going to be there. Um, and was it Peter just said it, or... Yeah, Peter said Mook needs some meat on his bones, though. Yes, I agree. He's gonna get. He's gonna fill out his frame a little bit more. He's gonna get a little bit bigger. Thank you for saying Mook, by the way, because <laughs> what what was the nickname that they gave him? They as in a, a, the the broadcasters the, or anybody else? I I don't, I, I don't know. I cannot remember what they were calling him beforehand. But I think in my head, Mook made the most sense. It's easiest. Roll off the tongue. Yeah, uh, but then you know how everything has to end with an e, right? Like or, Mookie. or yeah, Mookie, <laughs> right? Um, and I don't know if you if you extend beyond that and you say Mookie Dookie, but I mean, oh, there's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. What, what do you say? would you go Mook? How would you what would you say for his nickname? Mook, Mook. I mean, as it, it always comes from players because you're yelling at yeah. the person on the ice, Dooley, and, and you need you need like one syllable. Sorry, Mook is one syllable. No, they, they do a lot of two syllables. Well, the E part. The E part, right. yeah, yeah. But that's just tailing off, because yeah. that's just the way it rolls so off the Mookie tongue. Mookie four is no good, you're saying. Mo- no, no, that's okay, terrible. Okay, just... <laughs> then it's just going to turn into Dookie. Yeah. <laughs> well. Mookie? You're going to call him Dooley. Dooley. Dooley? Yeah. Is that what they call him? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just uh, throwing it out there. I don't know what they Dooley? might call him. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. Depends on what he wants. I guess. Or what he doesn't like, because what you don't like is usually what it ends up being. <laughs> Mooker, there you go. Mooker, yeah. So it's either E or Er. Really, when they, they throw it on there, yeah. But anyway, every time he lays a hit, Mook. Oh, I like that. That's not yeah, bad. yeah. That's good. So anyway, um, and Paul went too far. Yes, I did. Anyway, going back to what I was saying is, I'm excited about next year because there's going to be a lot more of these younger guys coming up. But also, Mook Medillin was a part of the team of Meyer trade along with Zetterlin and yep. Boychuk, and those guys are all. All in the NHL. Well, Mook's not right now, but yeah. they'll they'll most likely all be in the NHL on the Sharks next season. Um, no, you went with Mook there, by the way. But I just, did. Yeah, okay, but that's yeah. a heck of a return for one player. Yeah, I, I'm. People were bashing, yep. bashing Mike Greer for that trade, just saying how terrible it was and how he just didn't get enough because he didn't get the blue chip prospect. He said he probably could have gotten the blue chip prospect. But he wanted more assets coming back, so you take a little bit less, yep. hence Mook Medellin, who was a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's some third-round, fifth-round, seventh-round yeah, yeah, yeah. throw-in. This kid is hes going to be good, and um, he, was a, he was a very raw talent, I think, coming in because he was still in the KHL, uh, not playing on the North American ice. So he's had to adjust to that, and I think he's doing very well and getting better. In fact, he was not leading defenseman, but he was one of the top defensemen scoring in the AHL, hence the all-star um, yeah. AHL All-Star um, uh, bid. Bid, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, so I think it was a very smart move, and that draft pick is going to be is already one of my favorite prospects in Musty. 
coming back. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah, I, if Musty turns out to be like this all-star player, that because his his game is kind of more like Timo Meyer, like a power forward, yeah. big big guy. You replace Timo Meyer. Granted, it's down the road a few years, but the Sharks are rebuilding. Who cares? You replace that player. You're also not paying Musty $10 million a year or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So not only did you get these assets and guys that can be NHL ready, maybe not right now, but in even a year or two years or whatever it is, but you're also saving a lot in terms of cap space in a year that you're supposed to be rebuilding so that you can get these guys uh, who are younger, get them to grow and start paying them the amounts that they're actually worth because you have the cap space to do it. So I think, honestly, this trade really was, it was a pretty big win in my opinion, uh, for the Sharks and for Mike Greer. And the gift that keeps on giving, we still have a second-round draft pick this upcoming draft <laughs> from that trade. There's still more coming, more pieces coming. It's not even fully done yet. So I'm going to say it already that I think the Sharks won this trade. Unless Timo Meyer ends up being the MVP and wins the Conn Smythe in the playoffs and they win a cup, yeah. that might be a little bit different story. But I just right now I don't think that's going to happen, at least this season. I don't know. I, I don't think the Sharks would be doing any better in terms of making playoffs with Timo Meyer. We've already seen this team with Timo Meyer, and we didn't make playoffs. Yeah. So. Brycar, 75. Wife and I saw Musty in November, and he's definitely something special. I saw him at the rookie, uh, was that tournament rookie thing that they had? Showcase, be- whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was before the training camp. Yeah. He was there, and he stood out on every play, partially because he was bigger than most of these other prospects he was just he's just big shoulders big dude power forward um but his skill and his power was it was on a showcase yeah and uh even during training camp i think he was in training camp for a little bit he was impressing some people but i'm i'm excited about him um and nick just said will smith is number two in scoring the ncaa another guy now during the all-star break what a week two weeks ago uh mike rear had a little chat with i think season ticket holders and stuff um someone you know it was open questions and they said you know will smith was taking fourth overall the three guys before them are playing the nhl why isn't will smith and his answer was size that's it size skills fine the size is too small and he wouldn't be able to to play a full 82 game season because it is a lot it's a lot on your body so why Waste a year now. Not, this is not what he said. He, he just said it was science. But why waste a year now? Yeah. Let him play at the NCAA. Let him dominate and hopefully hopefully dominate, which he's number two, so he's doing pretty yeah. well. Um, and, Nick, thanks for the for the assist here. Three points behind teammate Gabe Perot. Um, anyway, um, he uh, he would be in the NHL if, he, if it weren't for his – I don't want to say he's punitive, but – he needs he kind of like when William Eklund came, right? You're talking about bulk when right. you say size. Yes, you don't sorry. mean he's too short. No, right? no, no, no. Yeah. Size wise, he's not filling out his frame, yeah. so he's going to get bigger. Um, he's going to do some weight training and get bigger. I See, think he'll be here next season, or at least pushing for a spot. Yeah, I don't know. They also he hasn't signed his contract yet because as soon as he does, he can't play in the NCAA. So we'll see if he signs once the NCAA finishes. If he signs his contract, then. It's on, right? Yeah, yeah. We might even see him this season at the yeah. last couple games here. But, um, yeah, I, I there's a lot of pieces coming to this Sharks team in the next year or two that are going to be very exciting to watch. See, and, and a fan who's maybe not really um, understanding of prospects and how long they take to, you know, to develop and everything else, they hear, oh, size is the reason why. 
and they look at Bedard and they go, well, wait a minute, he's not exactly the <laughs> biggest guy. Why? Then that's not really a good excuse. Yes, but his skill set is more than enough to overcome his lack of physical size. Will Smith's skill set is very, very good, but not quite enough to overcome his lack of bulk and muscle, mm-hmm. shall we say. Uh, whereas Bedard doesn't really need the bulk and the muscle because he's such a smooth skater. He can get that shot off from just about anywhere on the ice. Um, so the, 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 it's the skill level difference between the two. And again, it's first and fourth, but there is a gigantic gap there. So if Connor Bedard gets even stronger, he'll just be able to take the punishment even more in the NHL. But his skill level is just so much higher than pretty much everybody else in his draft class. What happened to Bedard this season? He got hurt. Busted what? jaw. Yeah. Skated right into the guy's shoulder. <laughs> to be fair, he came right, <laughs> He came back with the bubble. Um, right. You know, the fishbowl. Yeah. And uh, he's back to his uh, goal-scoring ways and, and generating points. So, again, high skill of a player. Um, it, it didn't really matter if he's a smaller guy or, or not with Will Smith. High skill level player, just not quite on the same level as a Connor Bedard if you're trying to draw that comparison. So, there right. you go. Yeah. Anything else there? No, I'm just reading some comments about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, in any case, I mean, we were talking about the Columbus game, and we kind of went off the rails there. But let's just finish <laughs> this one off. The latest game played, uh, if you want to call it a game played, uh, it seemed like a game watched by the Sharks. This right. was a 4 nothing, uh loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. All things considered, it could have been worse. Uh, Vegas uh, likes to take it to the Sharks, and the Sharks are one of those teams that's kind of easy to take it to. So 4 nothing lost, not, qu- not quite so bad. If you recall earlier in the season, we had two games in a row where we gave up 10 goals. Right. So, at this point in the season, to only give up four to the Vegas Golden Knights, not so bad. But realistically, yeah, they just kind of had their way with them. It's just a boring game. Was, yeah. They were still asleep. I think it was a day game. It wasn't a yeah, it was night one, game. Yeah. So, Sharks tend to not do well in those games. Yeah. They're just not awake. To be not. fair, Sharks tend to not do well in games that end in Y, or days that end in Y. <laughs> so, um, that's, yeah. Dad jokes, right. killing it, baby. Uh, anyway, so smooth. So, <laughs> VGK game done. Not talking about that anymore. Uh, the next game that we have uh, is uh, later on in the week, and it's it's much later on in the week. This we'll Saturday. get to that. Well, yeah. well, okay, we guess we'll get to it now. It's this Saturday, so there you go. And it's against the Nashville Predators, and it is uh, at home against the Nashville Predators. Yeah, so very cool. With now, the New Jersey, I don't I don't want to confuse anybody because normally we do this near the end of the show, but we are not at the end of the show. So please stick around. We have a lot more fun coming for you. So please make sure you do not leave just yet. Now uh, we did have a fan question. And we'll go ahead and put this one up. And if you would like to ensure that your question makes it on the show, please feel free to use the Super Chat function as uh, Peter St. John had done earlier. And we read his his comment off. Thank you so much for that, by the way, Peter St. John. Uh, the 20 certainly does help. Um, it, but again, if you'd like to ensure that your comment makes it on the show as well, please feel free to use the Super Chat function. You can also use Venmo at the Fin Factor. Uh, either way, when you put a comment in there, we'll go ahead and read it off on the show live. Or if you do it after the show, you're doing it uh, on, on, what do you call it, um, like a rewatch of the show, we'll go ahead right. and do it on the next one, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, the, the comment that we had was from Shane Roeder, and he says, It looks like the Sharks won't be finishing last in the league since the Blackhawks are doing so terribly. I was curious if you think that San Jose would be willing to trade up to get Celebrini since he has some ties to the area. Now, there's some to unpack here 
because um, so this is implying a couple things. First of all, this is implying that the Sharks would obviously not get the first overall pick and therefore not be able to pick Celebrini unless whoever had the first didn't uh, take him. And I, it sounds like that's he's the shoe in. Right. So then it, it's saying, would the Sharks be willing to trade up? The flip side of that is, would, let's say Chicago, uh, be willing to <laughs> give him up in the first place? And I don't think that any team would. Um, but in, in terms of would the Sharks be willing to, um, I want you guys to go ahead and, and put your thoughts in the chat here. But Aaron, I want to pass this off to you. Um, do you think that the Sharks would be willing... Don't shake your head already. See, it's ridiculous. I haven't got the question out. And he's already saying no. Would they be willing to trade up to get Celebrini if they, if they were number two overall? Uh, I mean, everyone's tradable, even even Celebrini before he's even drafted. Sure. But uh, the price to pay for it, I think, is it would be way too high and not worth it, in my opinion. So, no, I don't think the Sharks would trade up. In fact, if... Uh, oh, what's his name would be here? He would... He would agree as well, saying you never trade up, you always trade down mm. because you get more assets coming back. So, Graham. Graham, sorry. Graham, yeah. Thank you, Graham. Oh, the winner of our beautiful trophy that's up there in the background uh, for our fantasy league. Graham Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery. Montgomery. Every time I, I say the name Montgomery, by the way, I, I want to say it with that Montgomery. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Fire away. Oh, that's terrible. You were <laughs> um, oh the, price, the price to get Celebrini... <laughs> Even during the draft or even after the draft, I think it would just be so significant that it would not be worth it. Because, sure, you get Celebrini, but Celebrini, to me, isn't like Bedard. Yeah. He's not going to be this generational talent. He's going to be good. He's going to be a great player, but not a generational talent. So um, why wouldn't they have done that for Bedard? Yeah. Right? Like, why wouldn't they have tried last year versus this year? I mean, granted, they have more assets now, but mm-hmm. um, no team. <clears throat> I don't think it would be worth it. If you look, go back and look at the... Uh, the trade in the 90s for, uh, was it the Flyers and the Quebec Nordiques for, for um, Eric Lindros? Yeah. Um, the amount of players that went back to the Nordiques who then moved to Denver and ended up winning a cup that first season, a lot of those players were in there. Forsberg, I think it was Forsberg and Ricci and um, God, a couple other players that ended up being star players for, for the Nordiques slash mm-hmm. Avalanche. Um I just don't think it would be, it would never be worth it. I'll say that. I would have to agree with you. I don't see the Sharks trading up um, because, again, they, you have to give up the assets that they've been collecting so that they can do their rebuild. So then you're giving up all these assets to get one good player. It's like the exact opposite of what the Timo Meyer trade was. They traded one good player to get a bunch of assets so that they could do their rebuild mm-hmm. and be better in several positions as opposed to really good in one. So why would you give up assets that can help you get better in several positions just to be good in one position? And then you're back to where we were, where we don't have anybody to support this guy. I think it would set them back years of yes, rebuild. Like absolutely. It would, it would take another few years for them to get back to where they want to be. Now, I think Mike Greer has a big roadmap set out. Just based on some of the information that he's kind of said to the media and everything else, obviously I don't know this for certain. I don't know him personally. Um, To me, the roadmap is, you know, where you draft certain guys like Will Smith, he's most likely going to be in the NHL next year, right? You have that caliber player coming at this point. He has these three years of his entry-level contract. This is the timetable. Then we have Musty, same thing. He already signed his contract, so now it kind of overlaps a little bit. Then you have... Uh, you have uh, Eklund, which they got to slide his contract a couple years. They have all of this mapped out. Um, 
so that they know when they can be competitive, when they can get aggressive in yeah. the trade market or the free agent market and, and bringing in more guys. He has a plan, and it's going to be, I think, he's already said... Uh, That's okay, keep, keep your thought, he's, keep going. We'll he's already, this. he's mentioned, um, I think in his latest address, that the their goal is to be, I think, in the playoffs. He didn't say it, but it was like in three years. Like, it was the first time he put a... A, a timeline. A timeline yeah. of the basement level, like three years. Yeah. So three more seasons, they're expecting it to be fully ready to go. Now you may address. Nick, thank you for pulling <laughs> this up for me so I didn't have to type it in while I'm talking. Steve Duchesne, Peter Forsberg, Ron Hextall, Kerry Huffman, Mike Ricci, Chris Simon, Philadelphia's first round pick in 93, Philadelphia's first round pick in 94, and $15 million. That's cash, right. Which is a lot of money back in 94. <laughs> they used to trade money. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was a lot just for Eric Lindros. And Lindros was a good player. I think he's Great in the player. Hall of Fame. Yeah. But he never won a cup and got severe concussions. His, yeah. his um, what do you call it? His career was cut short because of it. So he could have played... If he didn't get so many concussions, yeah. he he probably could have played another five, seven years more. Yeah, um, and maybe won a cup at some point. But that's a lot to trade for. Yeah, I mean, guy. when you play in the Scott Stevens era, you're lucky to come yeah. out of that without your brain being mush. Like Korea, yeah, Paul Korea got hit by Stevens. Yep. I, I don't like Scott Stevens. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, they were legal hits back then, but they were dirty. They were dirty. Yeah, I don't like it. No headshots. Yes, all day long. Yeah, yeah. Forearm or elbow to the head. Mm-hmm. That that was his, that was his style. And and again, it wasn't. It was part of the game. It wasn't illegal at the time. But um, man, we've done a lot of work with concussion protocols since then, and realized, oh yeah, hitting people really hard in the head is a bad thing. <laughs> so, especially when they fall on the ice, they do the fencing. Yeah, you know, when their hands go up yeah. like this. Like that's bad. Yeah, that's very for bad. sure. Um, okay. So yes, that was, uh, that was the fan question that we had. And again, if you want to make sure that, uh, you have a fan question that gets addressed on the show again, even after the show, then you can go ahead and do that with uh, either the super chat or Venmo. There it is at the fin factor, uh, for Venmo, put any comment that you want in there and we will go ahead and read it off uh, during the show. So, um, thank you very much for Shane for submitting that, uh, that question to us. Appreciate that. Aaron, uh, we've got again some more fun stuff coming on, uh, <laughs> and one of those has nothing to do with the sharks, and we're gonna talk about that right now. Yarmer Yager had his number retired in Pittsburgh. I um, love Yarmer Yager. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I, I do know. Absolutely this. love yeah. him. He is one of my favorite players ever because his personality yeah. was like out there. He was just a funny guy, always smiling. This is something the NHL needs more of. Instead of Connor McDavid is great on the ice, yeah. but he is just a wet sock when it comes to <laughs> any kind of personality. He is awful. He is awful. That's why he's not like such the face of the NHL. Yeah. Like they only show highlights of him skating. They right. can't show any interviews afterwards. He's so bland. Um, Yarmo Yager was everything and he was amazing. In fact, he's not in the Hall of Fame right now because he's, he's still, still playing. playing. Yeah. You can't pl- to get in the uh, Hall of Fame, you have to be retired for I think 3 years before you're eligible. Yeah. And he's still Owner slash player back in uh, in the Czech Republic, so he is not eligible to go in the Hall of Fame. So what they did is Pittsburgh is retiring his jersey, and they did a whole ceremony this last week. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You got to see this before the show, but they, he got to skate out for the pregame uh, warmups, and all of the players on the Pittsburgh Penguins were wearing Yager jerseys, and they wore uh, mullets 
like hair, mullet which is wigs, wigs. Yeah, yeah, mullet wigs that he used to have in the nineties. And then Yager got to skate out with them on the ice and do warm ups with them, which is fantastic. Now, I'm bringing this up because Yager's awesome for yeah, one. Yeah, there's a there's a quote in there, uh, his girlfriend quote. I got to pull this up. So um, he's never been married, and I'm not like whatever. I, I'll just read the quote. It says, "I want to." This is what he said during his speech. I want to say thanks to my girlfriend. She's too young to remember when I played in Pittsburgh, though. <laughs> but I told her all about it. Like, oh my gosh, man. Like, who says that? Yerma Yager. Who gets yeah. away with saying that? Yerma Yager. <laughs> and that's just part of his charm, I guess. Um, too young to know. He's 52 years old. Yeah, 52. Um, but anyway, he's great. And one of the reasons I, I pointed this out is because uh, there's a certain Sharks player that's getting his number retired, yes. who also is a big personality, Yes. who's also hilarious, number 19, Joe Thornton. Now... I think uh, Shane kind of went and asked him if he would be willing to do it, too. But he thought skating out for the warm-up was a fantastic idea. So I have a feeling we're going to see that for Joe, for his retirement, his jersey retirement, where he's going to come and skate out. Probably everyone's going to wear a Thornton jersey. Maybe they'll, someone's going to, they'll probably have beards. That's probably what they'll do. Yeah. They'll skate out with, like, fake beards the on skunk or something. Beard. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's brown on the sides and white stripe in the middle. Yeah, right. They'll do yeah. that for sure. So I, I think that's a little kind of telling thing and if you haven't seen the yager thing you should go look it up because it's funny when they come skating out and stuff um oh there you go nick he says it too so all the sharks players wear big beards during the warm-up during jumbo's retirement night yeah so nick actually he's like 30 seconds behind so he actually wrote this before we just said that but yes absolutely we're on the same wavelength nick so yeah i i agree i think they're all going to come out with uh over the ears just a little beard thing and it hanging down there uh i think it'll be good yeah really really good yeah yeah for I'm sure. excited, and and he'll be uh, you know slinging the puck around with the boys uh, yeah. during for warm ups and whatnot. You know, yeah. oh, man, I can't wait to see it. Dude, I know it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, there was I saw something last week and I can't remember who said it. Um, they were talking. It might have been Declare. I think it was Declare. Declare was interviewed, and um, they kind of like asked him like, "What made you want to come to San Jose? Because you yeah. knew the team was kind of going to be bad and stuff." He goes, "Yeah, but you know, they're first class organization." But he's like, "The one thing that really stood out to me." The number of former players that are still around here in San Jose. Yeah. I mean, we see them all the time. Uh, there's Thornton, obviously, Marlo. Yeah. Um, Dan Boyle is here. Chichu. Setaguchi. Um, Hannon. I'm, I'm going to forget a bunch of them. Smith. Um, I mean, Murray. a lot of them we see on the broadcast. Douglas Murray, I think, bounces between here and Sweden, I think. I don't sure, think but he bounces between here right. and Sweden. Yes. Right. Um, so he's around a lot. Um there's just there's just a number of players that are that retire here, which is crazy because San Jose is one of the most expensive places to live. Now, granted, they made money back in the day, and yeah. hopefully, they bought a house back then. But it's not like they're not and their retirement is not paying them yeah. as much as they were making back then, and, and they wouldn't be able to like afford anything right now up here. But um, it's just cool that that they are still here in California. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of them started their families here. That's yeah. part yeah. of it, but. Um, I mean, Duclair is even, he's like, you just walk down the halls and, you, and there's Marlowe and there's Thornton just walking around. These guys are probably going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Thornton for sure. Marlowe's maybe going to the Hall of Fame. Um, it, it's just nuts that you're around it all the time and they're here and it's great. And they love the organizations just as much as you know yeah. the players do. So yeah. um, I think that bodes well for the team and in, in bringing in free agents, like maybe not the high price ones yet, yeah. but they will. Because it, 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 San Jose will once again become a destination place for free agents. Um, it was maybe, what, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when the Sharks were at their height. Yeah. Um, 
with with vintage vintage is the right word jumbo and marlo <laughs> and pavelski and back then chichu like scoring goals like yeah it's a big deal um but yeah the sharks are i'm i'm excited to see them get back to that status and i think mike greer is doing a fantastic job um in the rebuilds granted it's taking a while but I think it needed to take a while because there was so much involved. So many big contracts that needed to get moved out. But when you say it's taking a while, um, all, all rebuilds are going to take a while. I don't think this rebuild is taking longer than any other rebuild would. And we've certainly seen rebuilds fail and they have to re-rebuild. And it takes <laughs> even longer, Buffalo. Uh, so, yes. you know, you, you see things like that happening and, you know, I, again, I don't know if some of the fans are bigger fans of other sports. Like for me, hockey is the only thing I care about. I could really care less about everything else, right? Like the Niners went to the Super yes. Bowl, and I'm like, eh, let's go, I'll watch it because it's the Super Bowl. But I <laughs> so anyway, uh, I mean that that that's my sport, right? That's what I watch. Yep. Um, but I don't know if people if people get that or not. That when you're trying to rebuild, you can't just draft one player and then all of a sudden, hey. It's very different than other sports. Yeah, it, you're not playoff bound right. by getting one guy. I mean, the NFL, it, it's kind of the same way where the skill level is about the same across the board, but you have kind of your standouts. If you get like, if you draft a quarterback, yeah, that's going to be like Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. You, you draft him, that changes your team significantly, versus drafting a, I don't know, I guess a center would probably be the best equivalent, like a star-studded center. They're not going to help your team. Like, not to not to help your team. Right. They're not going to all of a sudden you're going to be a playoff team. Or you're going to win a cup. Right. I mean, look at Bedard in Chicago. Right. Yeah. He's generational talent, but it's going to take a while. Look at somebody who's more seasoned. Look at McDavid. Right. Right. Took I mean, a they've long made playoffs, time, but yeah. it took a while. Yeah. But he also they also had a couple more first overall picks. Yeah. Since then, <laughs> quite a right? few. Yeah. Same with Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Buffalo's had him. They still haven't made playoffs. I'm curious to see the timeline of Chicago versus San Jose of who gets back okay. to the playoffs sooner. Because Chicago did it very differently, fire sale. We're getting rid of everybody off the books. We're trading everybody at once. That's kind of what a lot of the Sharks fans yeah. wanted to see that Mike Greer do, and he didn't, so they're calling for his head, which yeah. is silly. Yeah. Yeah. He did a more methodical approach of also helping the players. Burns saying, hey, Carolina's interested in you. He's not. They're not on your list. Yeah. Would you be interested in going there? Here's the pieces that we can get back for it. Would you be willing to do it? He said yes. Yeah. Doing right by the player. I think Greer's doing a better job of it than... Not that Chicago didn't really do that, but I think they also traded players away that didn't have any no-movement clauses so they could just do whatever they yeah. wanted. Yeah. Um, but I am very curious to see the two different styles and approaches here. Granted, they got Bedard, probably the best talent that we've seen in the draft since McDavid, but we'll see this season if Chicago ends up with... Celebrini again. That's yeah. just not going to be a fair comparison anymore. But um, even if, let's say they did get Celebrini, let's see how long it takes for them to get back to being a playoff team versus the Sharks being a playoff team. Yeah. I'm curious to see how long that would be. What do you guys think? Do you think, do you like the approach of the fire sale <laughs> or do you like the approach of what Greer's doing more methodical? Personally, I like, I like Greer's approach better um, just because I think uh, from... Okay, so from an excitement standpoint, right, you can watch Bedard doing his thing and be like, wow, he's awesome. Uh, but you can also take, like, when you have these hardworking players and you still have a player like Eklund, who's very entertaining and fun to watch, right? And, and even though they're losing, 
badly. Um, the the rest of those players can still be very entertaining to watch. Like I said, the guys like Bailey, the guys like uh, Nico Stern, Mario Ferraro, these guys that are hardworking guys that they go out there and they just bang and they'll chase you down, right? I, for me, as a hockey fan and a not much of anything else fan, when I watch those guys doing that, that is entertaining play for me. Now, maybe you enjoy basketball more and hockey's kind of a secondary or tertiary sport for you. Fine, but if you don't get enjoy watching that stuff, then I I don't know. For me, that's that's what I really enjoy watching. I like seeing uh, the the effort in the play, not just did it end up in the back of the net, right? That that's that's for me what I'm looking for, right? So um, I, I like the approach of let's get rid of some assets, um, specifically the ones that have one year left that make sense to move them. Let's get rid of some assets. We'll bring some assets in. Let them kind of marinate for a little while. We don't. We have them in NC2A. We have them in the AHL. We have them in their junior club. Whatever. We trade away some more assets. Bring some more back in. And meanwhile, we're still trying to make the team at least somewhat entertaining to watch, hardworking, etc. And then over time, these guys start to marinate and and you know get ready for the NHL. I think that's a much better approach because instead of just dumping everybody all at once and trying to get all those assets that you get back to work for you immediately, because it's not, you're going to have a handful of them working for you immediately. And then you've got a bunch of other assets that you're just not really, they're not panning out. Mm -hmm. I'd rather spread that out and try to get good talent one year after the next until you're putting together a complete roster rather than dump everybody, pull everybody in and go, gosh, I hope everybody (laughs) worked out in this draft year, right? So uh, that's kind of the way that that I see it. And so I I think the way that Mike Greer is doing it um, is, in in my opinion, better than just going with a full-blown fire sale. I mean, you also have the fact that Bedard's going to be on his entry-level contract for those three years, right? And if they had all those draft picks and all those players, same timeline, that's going to be brutal three years down the road when you have to sign the real contracts and even maybe two, three, four more years after that when they Mm -hmm. have to sign their even bigger contract. So... Um, to me, I think his roadmap is a little bit more mapped out yeah. in a way than some other GMs that just don't don't really care because they're probably like, yeah, well, I'm probably not going to be here in a year or two. <laughs> um, now, Columbus Blue Jackets just fired their GM, which is kind of shocking. Yeah, he was the third Fun name, by the way, Yarmo Kekalainen. Yeah, <laughs> that's an awesome name. He was the third longest tenured GM, I believe. Oh, I thought um, you the third longest last name. But no, okay. no, well, that's <laughs> it. But I think it was 11 years. But it's interesting that they did it right before the trade deadline. Because Columbus is very close to the bottom yeah. to the Sharks. Um, close to the trade deadline uh, because he's not going to be able to make any trades because they're probably like, yeah, you're done. Now, going back to the beginning of the season, he's the one that hired Babcock. Babcock. And that backfired yeah, on him did. big time. Um, that was supposedly like the beginning of the end for him, having that coach come in and, and blow up in his face. But anyway, um, my point is, like, he, he was there for, I think, 11 seasons. And... You kind of, it's hard to not have that in the back of your mind as a GM of you could get fired over something, right? Yeah. Like you, that you completely bobbled or mishandled something. In his case, it was hiring the coach that just, bobbled. right? <laughs> um, but for Mike Greer, I think he just kind of has a map out, a plan out. I think he's gone over this. I'm sure he's gone over this with Hassel Platner saying, hey, this is going to take some time. I'm not trying to just blow your money here, but um, I'm trying to do what I can. And this is, this is what I my ideal thing is plus the amount of people that he's added to his staff compared to what Doug Wilson had in here. Um, I just think that it's, it's much more organized and planned out better. Sorry. The T says need to bottom out a bit. 
I don't. There's only one more spot to bottom out too, buddy. Um, but I mean, sharks are at this uh, uh, at this point are just a level above that. Uh, yeah, they are. They're literally 31st in the league <laughs> instead of 32nd. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, in terms of how you rebuild it, um, as long as it gets the job done, I could really care less. How do I think? One is better than the other. Yeah, I think I'd rather see um, pulling talent from this year and talent from this year and talent from this year as opposed to trying to get all your talent in the same draft year or the same prospect pool and yanking everybody over. I think you take advantage of the team's evolving situations, not yours, but the everybody around you as one, two, or three years go by. They're going to be in different situations and you capitalize on what they need to do so that you can make your team better over time as opposed to trying to get it all done at once. That's going to be a disaster uh, in my opinion. So there you go. Perfect. Okay. Well, we were going to talk about <laughs> uh, the upcoming games, but we already said game. Uh, g- game. There's only one. There's what? Only one. Saturday. They had a break. I guess up until so. Nashville. Their schedule is weird because they had like another week off the All Star game, so they didn't play anything for like another week. They had a while. CJ, <laughs> two weeks suspension, buddy. What? No, I was sick. There was an all-star break. I was actually out of town. You were out of town as well. This last this weekend. last week. We yeah. almost, well, because we didn't do the show on Monday. We almost didn't do the show again, but we're like, no, we got to do it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So next week, there's only going to be one game to talk about. So I think Paul was fine. So oh, it'll be a short show. It'll only be two hours instead of an hour and a half. Yeah, it's only going to be. <laughs> well, guys, uh, I told you that if you stuck around, we had some fun stuff uh, happening at the end of the show here. So, um Aaron, we've got this last little bit to talk about. Again, I love uh, bringing this up because it's just it's just fun. I enjoy it. Aaron seems to enjoy it. I don't know. Uh, you guys seem to enjoy it. But it's the uh, Noah Gregor update. Uh, and Aaron, while you're going through the update here, I'm going to be grabbing some stuff. Um, you just keep going on doing whatever it is you got to do. And uh, don't mind me. Okay? Good? Go ahead. Okay, I don't know where this is going. I have a feeling I know where this is going. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Let's see. Noah Gregor. Yeah, he's so good. He's so great. <laughs> what are you doing? Hmm? No, just keep going. You're good. You're good. Go ahead, Noah Gregor. I don't even know what to talk about. Noah Gregor. Uh, what about yeah, his last goal came a while ago. Uh-huh. What, are you, you going to give me a haircut? Nope. <laughs> Oh, I know what you're going to Keep gonna going. Do. I know what you're going to do. Noah Gregor. What about Noah Gregor? Uh, Why would I be doing this I don't with know. Noah Gregor? Uh, I Go think ahead. we should move that out of the way. Yeah, we probably should. Go ahead. <laughs> Noah Gregor, what about him? Uh, he's a fantastic player, and I yeah. can't wait till he scores 10 goals this season. I can't wait either. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, kind of like seasons in the past. But um, <laughs> that's just what I think is, is what's going to happen. You can actually look at the monitor. You don't have to look at this. So anyway, um, no, I agree with you. I like Noah Gregor. Keep going. How's, what's this plus minus look like? I don't even know. I can't read it from here. <laughs> I'd say minus six. Is he? Yes. Oh, that's not bad. He has how many goals again? Five in 52 games? There, now I can read it. Five goals, six assists in 52 games. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 11 minutes of ice time on a good team. Wow. On the Toronto It's amazing. It's awesome. I want you guys to know something. For those of you who don't know, first of all, first is that of all. whipped cream? It is. First okay. of all, first of all, for those of you who don't know, 
Aaron made a bet with me uh, in in previous seasons. There you go, Nick. In previous seasons, uh, that Noah Gregor was going to score ten goals in a season. He did not score ten goals in wait, a season. Wait, wait, wait. Tell him how it ended. Nine goals. He with- scored like. Three goals he's, in the last two he games. He scored several. And he scored, he almost scored another one. And if he had scored ten. one more goal at some point during the season, it would have mattered, but it he didn't. Almost got a hat trick in So that game. I want you to know, by the way, okay, I went to the store and I was going to get Ready Whip because only the best for you, okay? However, and Super News Jason, if you can get this, this brand, it says Favorite Day. Can you imagine why I grabbed this one, Aaron? This is gonna be my favorite day right here. So, I'm not gonna do the full-blown pie. I'm gonna be very nice and only do whipped cream. However, the bet was that if he didn't score 10 goals, I win, and therefore Aaron gets a pie in the face. Well, that was two years ago, and Judgment Day two, has come. Three years ago. Three years ago. That was a so, while ago. Now, the other thing I want you to know about this, Aaron, Jesus. is that this is extra creamy. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, we're just gonna go ahead and Put this right here, and then... No, I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it yourself. And then go into the abyss. And yes, we have towels. So there you go. So this is how we're going to end the show today. I'm not going to hit you with it. You can do however you want, but your whole face needs to go in the pie. And there you go. So for those of you who have stuck around with us for the end of the show, thank you so much for being here. And for those of you who have stuck with us for 200 episodes, thank you guys. Specifically, Aaron, you may do the honors. What am I supposed to do? Just put my face in Put it? your face up in it all the way. Bam. Oh, hold on. It's not high enough. Hold on. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. Yeah, it's not bad, right? No, not Extra bad. creamy, I told you. Not Only bad. the best for you, my friend. Double dip. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, it's all my beard. Gross. Oh, favorite day, folks. Favorite day. Aaron, I want to say thank you uh, for giving us this moment. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, oh, check no, out we all content. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I want to say thank you for giving us this moment. I want to say thank oh. you for making a bet with me. I want to thank Noah Gregor personally. Thank you for uh, for being a nine-goal scorer and not a ten-goal scorer in the season that we made the bet because you made ten goals a uh, season or two later, and that would have been ugly for me. Uh, what's the oh. bet if he gets ten this year? Uh, there is no bet. <laughs> he's, uh, he's got five. 52 games in. He's on pace for eight. He's on pace for eight. What do you think, double or nothing? Oh, my goodness gracious. So, that is how we're going to end the show, folks. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know that I did. Again, favorite day. There you go. By the way, for the people on the podcast, uh, you definitely want to hit up YouTube for this one. Or uh, Spotify has uh, a video, right? So, you can yeah. check it out on yeah, yeah. Spotify as well. So, Ugh. there you are. Gross. How you feeling? Very creamy. <laughs> Extra, <laughs> cre- <picture>. <laughs> Extra creamy. <laughs> I should have taken a picture. <laughs> Uh, I took a picture of Nick's says. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Nick is always on point. Uh, heard that clapping from Super Producer Chase. There you go. All right, folks. Hey, work gentlemen. Thank you so much. Hey, uh, thank you guys so much again for uh, being strong supporters for 200 whole episodes, for being here uh, with us this entire time in the chat, uh, in the super chat, uh, in yeah, <laughs> he's wiping his tail, Bob's tail, in the in the uh, Venmo on the, the the website, helping us out there. We do appreciate all the love and support we've gotten from this wonderful community. Uh, so again, guys, thank you uh, so much. We hope that this has been uh, a 
a lot of fun for you guys through these first 200. We're looking for another 200 at least after this. So, uh, Aaron, any uh, last last comments here? Uh, the first 200 are the hardest. Oh, is that how it goes? Yeah. Okay, good. So it's just uh, it's it's easy from here. So yes. Um, as Super Producer Jason just put down there, please, if you enjoyed that as much as I did and it's your favorite day like it is mine, uh, hit that like <laughs> button. Uh, if you are not subscribed, please do that and ring that bell for alerts so you know that we are going live. And if you'd like to help support the show, because uh, I need someone to pay me back for this extra creamy whipped cream, <laughs> uh, you can tip us on Venmo at the Fin Factor, or you can go ahead and use the Super Chat function. Uh, either way, you put a comment in there and we'll go ahead and read it off uh, on the next show. And uh, anything else here? Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, if you'd like to support the show and get something back in return, you can go to thefinfactor.com, get any of the uh, hats, shirts. Uh, we don't have any packs anymore. Uh, water bottles, stickers, hoodies. We're not selling um, boxers anymore, are we? Boxers? <laughs> no, I'm just making stuff up now. Anyway, uh, maybe we'll sell some whipped cream. I don't know. In any case, <laughs> that will do it for episode number 200. So for... Super producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys next week on episode 201. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.